So we've been in this series called Reflections, and uh, you know we're looking at the Old Testament, and we're looking at how Jesus is reflected in the Old Testament because we, we need to know something. We need to know that the Bible is all about Jesus, okay? Um, I know we see the name of Jesus in the New Testament clearly, but the Old Testament reflects Jesus specifically and on purpose uh, because God's Word is all about Jesus. Now, how does that help us, right? Well, I'll tell you how it helps me. It gives me hope, you know. Um, it gives me assurance in, in knowing that God's word is true, that God is who he says he is, that Jesus is who he says he is, right? It renews our confidence in our faith, and, and ultimately, it shows us this it shows us the majesty of Jesus right if if one whole book beginning to end you know 66 books 40 different authors written over a span of 1500 years if all of that is about one person and it all says the same thing you know that's pretty important now as we learned in week one we saw that God had a plan in the beginning, right? We read a lot about beginnings in, in Genesis, right? It means, the book means origins. But we also learned that God had a plan in the beginning, and that plan was Jesus all along. In week two, I wanted us to focus on God's plan and how it was exclusive. And what I mean by that is God's plan is the only plan. And we saw that in the ark. I mean, you know, there really was no other way to be saved other than God's plan, you know, the ark. And we saw how Jesus is the greater ark of salvation. And there's many theories on how to get to God today in our world. There's many theories on how to get to heaven and things like that. But what I'm here to tell you is that God's word says something different. It says that Jesus is the only way to be saved. Jesus is the only way to the Father. And so Jesus is the greater ark of salvation. So... In this series, look, we've really learned some things about God, and that in and of itself is amazing. Think about it. We can learn about God. Isn't that remarkable? We can learn about sovereign, almighty, all-powerful God, and that's because he wants us to learn about him. He wants us to know him. He's given us his word so that we, we can know him. How do, you, how do you really know who somebody is? Right? Through their actions. Through their actions, right? Yeah. You know this. You can hear somebody speak. You can talk to somebody, and they may sound good. You might say, well, that's a decent person. That's a good person. But then you find out otherwise, Right? The way that God has acted shows us some amazing things about himself, right? He's not only taught, but he's demonstrated who he is through his actions. First of all, listen to this. He's involved. He's involved. Creator God doesn't just remain distant, remain separate, laid back and kicked back. 
watching everything take place. From the very beginning, you know, we see his involvement, not just in creation, but post-creation, post-fall. We see his involvement in the world, which tells us this, he's interested. (laughs) You mean to tell me that almighty creator, sovereign God is interested in my life? Yes. Yeah, he is. We also learn this, that he holds people accountable. Okay? It tells us that he's just, he's righteous, he's holy. But we also see that he loves because he shows grace and mercy. You see, just two weeks, we've only been in this two weeks, and we've learned so much about God. Now today, we will learn more about who God is. And I only have two points this morning. Some of you are like, amen. Right? Two points to give you today. And we don't just see a great reflection of Jesus, but at the end, we're going to get a great truth uh, for us today. That means a lot to us. First point is this. God is a promise maker. Creator God, sovereign God, powerful God, has an interest in us and is concerned uh, with us to the point that he, he makes promises to people, to us. He's a promise maker. We've seen that from the beginning. God made a promise to Adam and Eve. Okay. God made a promise to Noah. He is a promise maker. And today we're going to read about a man named Abram. And just a warning. Okay, I need everybody to listen. I am from Wise County, Virginia. Okay, and my accent, I, sometimes I have trouble speaking. Okay. And many of y'all know this, God changes Abram's name to Abraham and Sarah's name to Sarah. I'm going to mix those up all morning, okay? And I just need you to be okay with it. It's fine. I'm talking about the same people. I'm just letting you know that I didn't get a trophy in school for speech. So there we go. Uh, God made some remarkable promises to Abram, amazing, remarkable promises Uh, And we want to read through that together. And I want you to notice all of the I wills that God gives in this. All right, Genesis 12, verse 1. The Lord said to Abram, Go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you. And whoever curses you, I will curse. And all peoples on earth will will be blessed through you. What a great promise is that? That that is a, would you like to hear that every day? I mean, we hear things like, I promise I'll bring your weed eater back. You know, or I promise I'll take you to Cuz's next month when we got some money. You know, but. This is an amazing promise. Actually, it's several different promises together to make one big promise that that he would be, Abram would be a great nation, that he would be blessed, that his name would be made great, that through him all peoples, all nations on the earth would be blessed. Now, how would you like to have a promise like that? How would you react to that? It, It would be overwhelming, wouldn't it? Right? I mean, that is a great Promise, so verse 4, so Abraham, Abram, I told you I'd do it. So Abram went as the Lord had told him, 
And Lot, who is his nephew, went with him. Abram was 75 years old when he set out from Haran. Now, the Bible is very detailed when it needs to be. Okay, and throws a number, an age out there for us for a reason. You know, 75, and we look at that and we're like, oh, that's old. That's not old. Actually, in this culture, that's middle-aged. Okay, so post-Noah, people lived mid-100s. So I want you to think, if you're in the prime of your life, or if you're not, think back to when you were, okay? When you were in the prime of your life. Mo, uh, Abram is in the prime of his life and gets this great promise. Can you imagine being in the prime of your life and, and Almighty God showing up and saying something like this to you? How would you feel? Well, my life's great. This is great. I'm on, I'm on cloud nine. He's, he's probably thinking, man, I can't wait for this to happen, right? He's probably thinking what all of us would be thinking at this moment. What would you be thinking? Come on, be honest. When? Let's be honest. Come on. Hey, when is this going to happen, God? That's how we think. Come on, let's be honest. We get great news like this, that something's going to happen to us, something in the future, we're going somewhere, or something like that. When's it going to happen? I mean, imagine meeting with your supervisor or boss or something like that. He calls you into his or her office and sets you down and said, look, we're impressed with you. We're going to give you a 40% raise. And you're like, whoa, that's great. And you get so excited and, and he just walks out. Okay. And you go home and you tell your, your wife or you tell your husband, you'll never believe what happened today. I got a 40% raise. What's the first thing they're going to ask you? When, is that going to be on the next check? <laughs> right? Abraham got this, Abram got this great promise and he didn't get the win. He didn't get the win in this. And I just got to tell you, it's left hanging here. It's a hanging promise. And a lot of time went by. And eventually, many years after the initial promise, the Lord came to Abram again. And made another promise, saying the same thing in a different way. He said, I'm going to give you this land and to your offspring forever. They will be like the dust of the earth. And so Abram's probably thinking, oh, that's sounds cool you know, dust of the earth and my offspring forever okay you know I'm still I'm still in so I just guess I'll wait a little bit more right still no win promise number two no win at this point though Abram's still sort of okay he's he's still sort of patient he's he's waiting on the Lord to do his thing but more time went by okay and the Lord came to Abram again. And this time, the Lord really didn't have to say anything. Abram sort of says, hey, hey, remember what you said? Remember all that talk and stuff? And, and remember what you promised me? Well, guess what? No children yet, right? You, you remember that promise? Here, here, just a side note. Look, if you got kids, be careful what you promise because they remember. Don't ever promise your kid to get, uh, you'll get them a horse, 
All right, just a side note. But Abram says, look, I'm glad you came to visit me again, but I don't have any children yet. I've got all this inheritance. I've got all this land. I've got all these resources. Look, God really blessed Abraham that way. And I think it was for a reason, right? He says, I have no, nobody to give it to except for my servant, Eleazar. And I'm just going to give it to him because he's got the coolest name in the camp, right? But I have, I have nobody to give this to. And so what does God do? The Lord took him outside of his tent and said, look up at the sky and count the stars if you can. So shall your offspring be. Well, God knows how to make a promise, doesn't he? Abram's probably thinking, well, the dust, okay, that's cool. The stars, wow. But it sounds like you're saying the same thing in a fancy way. All right. Nothing's happened yet. Does anybody struggle with patience? We're in church. Waiting on the Lord, you know, microwave popcorn takes too long. <laughs> we, we get mad when we have to wait on food. You know who you are. Like you would embarrass me if I went out to eat with you. You'd be like, where's our food? When's it going to be here? Um, I, I, I avoid the doctor because they have waiting rooms. <laughs> That's me. I'm impatient. I have, I have left the drive-thru before after paying for my food. Anybody done that? All right, so y'all are all perfect in here. That's great, man. That is so great. I only did that once, by the way, and uh, I had to wait a long time. So, But uh, this is how Abram and Sarah, Sarah felt after this. Okay, they, they didn't want to wait on the Lord any longer, and instead they bolted from the drive through line. <laughs> they didn't wait. They left, and they went and tried to do things on their own. Anybody ever done that? Oh, no, not the perfect people in here. Tried to get ahead of God. God, if, if you ain't going to do something, I'm going to. You know, if you're single and, and lonely, you know, you don't have to be lonely at farmersonly.com. Did you do that and regret it? Or you know when, when you're looking for a job and, and you take the first thing that comes along, God, I'm tired of waiting on you. I'm going to do this. And then two weeks later, you're like, what in the world was I thinking? Why did I do this? We all do that. Sarah came up with this plan for Abram to have a child through one of her servants. And look, guys, I'm, guys. I'm talking to you. Abram didn't have to think about it. All right, he didn't, ha he didn't say, well, if I got to. Uh, he was willing to take one for the team, guys. All right. He, 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 he probably said, that's the best idea you've ever had, Sarah. But that wasn't what God wanted, Okay. The Lord's promise had already been established. And here's, here's what happens when God makes a promise, okay? He sets it in the future. He sets it in the future. It's like he takes a, a stone that's immovable and he throws it way in the future and, and it stays there. 
and it's already been said. The Lord's promise had already been established, and the blessing was to come from the offspring of Abram and Sarah. So guess what they had to do after this, after they decided to leave the drive-thru and do their own thing, right? Guess what they had to do? Wait some more. They had to wait. Abram was 86 when Ishmael was born. 86. Genesis 17, verse 1. When Abram was 99 years old, okay, 13 years after Ishmael, after Abram and Sarah left the drive-thru, 13 years later, 24 years later after the first promise, right? The Lord appeared to him and said, I am God Almighty. You know, it's almost like God knew that Abram was sort of struggling with God's timing in this and God's provision and God's sovereignty and God's plan. And and he shows up and says, I am God Almighty. Walk before me faithfully and be blameless. Then I will make my covenant between me and you and will greatly increase your numbers. 99 years old, right? The Lord showed up and said the same things that he did when Abram was 75. I mean, really? Since we're being honest this morning, how do you feel when God doesn't show up on your time? How do you feel when God doesn't show up when you expect him to? Do you doubt? Do you begin to question whether or not God knows what he's doing? Do you begin to question God's sovereignty in his planning? I think we all do in that. Verse 3, Abram fell face down and God said to him, as for me, this is my covenant with you. You will be the father of many nations. No longer will you be called Abram. Your name will be Abraham, for I have made you a father of many nations. So thank God I can just say Abraham now. Okay? But God changed Abram's name to Abraham. Abram means father. Abraham means father of nations. He also did the same thing for Sarai. Sarai means princess. Sarah means queen. All right, so God is... He's showing us something here. He's he's doing something. And, And notice what he says here. I have made you the father of many nations. Now, does anybody understand that? I've got to tell you, Abraham didn't. He's like, what do you mean you have made? I still don't have children. Only God can talk about the future in the past tense. I told you, when God makes a promise, it's like it's already set. And he's like... Abraham, look, I have made you a father of many nations. It's established. It's promised. Abraham just couldn't get it. And after this, he laughed. He laughed. He was beyond the point of being frustrated. And he thought it was a joke. Is this a joke? Will a son be born to a man that's 100 and a woman that's 90? Right? And guess what Sarah did after this? She laughed too, you know. 
And she said, is the Lord going to wait until I'm worn out to make me a mother? She knew that she was beyond childbearing. And so she laughed. She thought it was ridiculous. Abraham had been faithful to God for the most part, but he still struggled with what God had promised him. Abraham and Sarah both struggled with believing that God could do the unbelievable. Have you ever felt that way? Have you ever felt like something is beyond God? Something is outside of his control. Something is beyond his ability to reach. You ever felt that way? Never felt like there's a tug of war between doubt and faith. And it could change by the day. One day you're strong in your faith. The next day you're doubting. Right? There's a there's a struggle there. There's a battle. We all feel that way, and sometimes we feel like something is beyond God's control. Something is beyond God's ability to influence. Well, I love Genesis 18, verse 14. Is anything too hard for the Lord? You like that? Is anything too hard for the Lord? I will return to you at the appointed time next year, and Sarah will have a son. You see, Sarah was beyond childbearing. Naturally, she could not have children. From a human perspective, she was done. She could not have children. Actually, it was impossible for her to have children naturally, but supernaturally. Is anything impossible for God? Come on, are y'all here? Is anything impossible for God? Is anything too hard for God? It's not. It's not. And notice that this time, Sarah and Abraham, they got the win. Okay? Next year. Next year. They got the win. So there's one more thing about God that we learn from this, and I want you to write this down. God is a promise keeper. He is a promise maker, but he is a promise keeper. God always keeps the promises he makes. Genesis 21, verse 1. Now the Lord was gracious to Sarah as he had said, and the Lord did for Sarah what he had promised. Sarah became pregnant and bore a son to Abraham in his old age at the very time he had promised him. I want you to see that emphasis there. God is always faithful to his promises. God came through and did what he said because he keeps his promises. Now look, Abraham and Sarah, they struggled with the weight. They struggled with it. But God had the time set all along in the future. It was set. It was out there. Verse 5, Abraham was 100 years old when his son Isaac was born. Now look, look. 25 years after the promise was made. Some of us are doubting after 25 minutes.
God made good on it, on his promise. They named their son Isaac. The Lord told them to name their son Isaac, right? Okay. And you know what Isaac means? Laughter. What did they both do? They both laughed, right? They told him to name, told them to name their son Isaac before they laughed. They both laughed. And who had the last laugh? God did. And it's not like he was trying to do a joke, but it, it simply means this. Nothing is impossible for God. He always has the last word. He has the last laugh. Nothing is beyond God's control. Nothing is too hard for the Lord. So God is a promise keeper. But what Abraham didn't know was that God was up to something bigger. Okay, God's promise was greater than what Abraham realized. You might say, well, what do you mean, Zach? He had no idea how important his offspring would be. No idea. None whatsoever. So the reflection in the story is this, and it's not on the screen, but so just listen. Jesus is the ultimate fulfillment of God's promise to Abraham. Jesus is. You might say, Zach, you're just saying that. No, I know that. I know that. It's so evident in God's word. When God was talking to Abraham, when God was making promises to Abraham, he was thinking about Jesus. Jesus is the son of Abraham's blessing. Matthew 1.1. 1, 1. Now look, just a heads up. You can't get any more New Testament than this. You, you go back one verse and you're in the Old Testament. Okay? Matthew 1.1. 1, 1. This is the genealogy of Jesus, the Messiah, the son of David, the son of Abraham. You see that? The Gospel of Luke does the same thing. It talks about the genealogy of Jesus going back to to Abraham, Luke does it from Mary's side. Matthew does it from Joseph's side. To show us that Jesus is the promised son. Jesus is the long-awaited promised son. Anybody ever thought, well, why in the world did God make Abraham wait so long? Why did he show up at 75 and wait till he's 100 to make good on it? Because it's reflecting Jesus. You know, the people of Israel would have to wait almost 2,000 years for the Messiah to actually come. He came and we place our faith in him and we're waiting again. We're waiting on him to return. Do you see that? The wait is important. Jesus is the child born in a miraculous way. We look, at, we look at Sarah and we're like, man, that's amazing. But what God did with Mary is miraculous too. Jesus is the one born in a miraculous way. Jesus is the blessing of all nations and all people. Through him, all people can be children of God. And Jesus is the one whose name is great. Now look, Abraham's a great name too, especially if you talk to a Jew, especially if you go to Israel right now, Abraham's a big deal. But you know who's bigger? Jesus. The name of Jesus is greater, so great as a matter of fact that one day every knee 
will bow. Every knee in heaven and on earth will bow at what? At the name of Jesus Christ. Jesus is the fulfillment of God's promise to Abraham. Everything that God promised to Abraham becomes a reality in Jesus. Okay. You might say, well, look, man, that's, wow. That's cool and all. That's great. But what does that mean to me? Well, through Jesus, look, if you're a Christian, this is what it means. This is so important. So just bear with me for another five minutes. Through Jesus, you are a part of Abraham's blessing. You, as a Christian, you are a part of Abraham's blessing. Galatians 3.14, look at this. He, that is Christ, redeemed us in order that the blessing given to Abraham might come to the Gentiles through Christ Jesus. So that by faith we might receive the promise of the Spirit. Look, if you're a Christian, listen to me. If you're a Christian, you are blessed. You might say, I know that. Well, look, no, I'm serious. You are blessed more than you know. You are blessed because you are a part of Abraham's blessing. You are blessed now, and you will continue to be blessed because you are heirs to his promises. And look, the enemy likes to shield us, likes to keep us from that truth. You follow me? The enemy likes you to think that you're not part of God's blessing. You are not blessed at all. There's something wrong with you, right? Like you're lacking in an area or you're missing out on something or you don't have enough and, and that is not true at all. Don't ever listen to the enemy. If you have placed your faith in Jesus, you are blessed right now. You're blessed. And you will continue to be blessed. You know, God has this avenue of blessings that extends from Abraham through Jesus to us and we're on that road right now the road is set the path is set if you have faith in Jesus you are on the avenue of blessing Galatians 3 29 if you belong to Christ then I love this you are you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise you see, you are a descendant of Abraham through Jesus Christ. And because you are a descendant of Abraham, you will get to inherit and enjoy in the blessings. Why? Because God made a promise. And there's one thing we know about God in making promises is he keeps them. And because God made a promise to Abraham and you are heirs to Abraham, that blessing is automatic. It's not conditional. It's not questionable. It's automatic. He made a promise to Abraham, and through our relationship with Jesus, we become heirs to God's promise. Look, folks, church, community heights, listen. Because of Jesus, we are a blessed people. We are a blessed people. God will continue to bless us forever in this life and in the next for all eternity because he made a promise. And he's backing it up. I don't know about you, but for me, that brings me hope. When I go outside these doors today, I can walk with my head high. I can walk with my chest out. I can walk in confidence knowing that God has made a promise and that I'm in that. I'm a part of that because of Jesus Christ. This world can throw all it wants to at me and at my life, but because of Jesus, I am blessed and I'm walking in blessing.
You walk out of here like that today too, if you're a Christian. It shows that God is loving, that he keeps his promises, that he is forever faithful. And so for us, let's stay faithful to him. I know it's a struggle sometimes. Abraham and Sarah, they were mostly faithful. I say mostly. They went through a season of doubt, didn't they? And I want you to understand something here. Even though they went through a season of doubt, even though they left the drive-thru early, did their own thing, it didn't keep them from God's promise. Right? It's like they they were not kicked out of the avenue of God's promise because God made a promise. It just, it made their lives harder. We're still seeing effects of their decision today. But God is always faithful, and so let's stay faithful to him. I know sometimes things get hard for us. I know sometimes it feels like God's not going to come through. I know that every person in here is struggling with something. You can walk through these doors and smile all you want. I know otherwise. I know sometimes we feel that God has forgotten about us or that God is holding us responsible for something or that God has an agenda against us. That's the way the enemy wants you to feel, by the way. Don't listen to that. You are blessed. So you walk out in confidence and you live your life in confidence. God is always faithful and he's always working out things for your good and his glory. Always. Blessings await those that belong to the Lord because through Jesus we are heirs to his promises and our God is a promise keeper. So don't give up on the Lord. He always comes through. He holds to through true to his promises now look if you're not a christian if you don't have a relationship with the lord if you're still trying to figure that out you can become an heir of god's promises through jesus now what i'm what i'm trying to tell you is this all right just follow my thinking for a minute if there's a god out there that makes promises to people and keeps them why wouldn't you want to have a relationship with that God? If there's a God out there that makes promises and keeps them and promises to bless me now and forevermore, why wouldn't you want to be a part of that? Man. I challenge you just to, just to step into that. God has provided provided that blessing and that promise to those who place their faith in Jesus Christ. So if you haven't made that decision yet, I pray that you will today. Well, let's pray together. God, I thank you for this message. Thank you for speaking to us today. Father, I'm thankful that you are a promise maker. But Father, I am eternally grateful that you are a promise keeper thank you for your love for us thank you thank you for jesus christ the ultimate fulfillment of your promise and and 
through him, we can have a relationship with you and be a part of your blessing forever. I pray for those individuals that are going through struggles today that may be doubting your plan for their life. I pray that they would just hold fast, that they would be strengthened by your spirit, that they would wait upon you, they would call upon you. Father, I pray for those this morning that do not yet know you, that uh, may have questions, may have doubts. I pray that they would just see that you are real to them. That they would just understand that if they approach you and ask for forgiveness of their sins, that you are faithful and just to forgive them. I pray that they would do that this morning and that they would place their faith in you and make you Lord of their life and live a new life knowing that they are yours forever through Jesus Christ our Lord. God, we love you and we thank you. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.